What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we have our last trade target video for the season. We're going to go through my must buy and sell trade targets for week 12. It's a little bit bittersweet. It's kind of a sign that, you know, this thing's almost over. We're really deep into the season at this point. Trade deadlines are coming. So this is it. I know my home league's trade deadline is week 12. I know most league's trade deadlines are week 12. I don't know what we're going to replace this video with. Uh, we'll probably still talk about rest of season stuff, some playoff schedule stuff, uh, maybe like who you should stash ahead of the playoffs, maybe some dynasty videos. Maybe uh, I'll bring back like looking through dynasty teams and kind of breaking those down. Uh, but I have a ton of ideas. We'll see sort of what happens and what I can kind of fit into my in-season schedule. But let's get into our trade targets for today. As always, if you enjoy Make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Thirsty, thirsty, trying to choose. I mean, I know I'm critical. Now, our first buy here, and I will say, we usually do like three buys, two sells, two buys, three sells. I was looking through, not a ton stood out to sell today, but we're going to have four buys, one sell. And up top, we have a luxury buy. And he might not be cheap in your league. And if he's not cheap, feel free to just move on. But if there ever was a time to buy Saquon, it would be right now. He played against Detroit last week, and Detroit lets everybody run all over them. Uh, despite the last three games, it's actually been really good against the run. But that's the idea. Saquon's playing Detroit. Everyone had him as like a top three play. You're hoping for 20 points, and he gives you five and a half PPR points. He's now at 14.6 PPR points per game over his last three games as the RB20 in points per game. If you drafted Saquon Barkley, this isn't what you signed up for. So that's where I think that we probably want to come in here and make a move if we can. If we look at his usage, he's been just fine in expected points per game. This is a metric from PFF where it just takes into account your red zone touches, your targets, your carries, your volume, and just based on your usage, how many points should you be putting up? He's here tied at RB4 at 18.8 points per game expected. He's only put up 14.6. He's underperforming that mark by minus 4.2, which is which is a lot. Bounce back should be in store. Regression should be in store. We know who Saquon is. He does have a tough schedule rest of season, but he's going to get his touches. He's going to rip off his home run uh, runs. I think he's going to be a top five running back rest of season. Obviously, that's not a bold claim or anything. But if you can find a way to sell anybody that's not named McCaffrey, Eckler, Tyreek Hill, Jefferson, Diggs, like literally outside of those five players, probably plus Kelsey. Maybe put Andrews in there. But outside of that, if you can sell any player that's not in that like top six, seven and get Saquon, you probably should. Now more affordable options and guys that are probably a little bit more on the table in your leagues, Gabe Davis. I really like Gabe Davis as a trade target right now. I think that he's sort of flying under the radar because he hasn't really put up points. And it's weird because he's finally commanding volume, but he's not scoring points. Whereas early in the season, he wasn't commanding volume, but he was scoring points. So I think that we're kind of on this intersection here of commanding volume, blow up games coming, and you can buy Gabe Davis probably the cheapest you could could have bought him all year. Outside of like when he missed week two and was hurt or whatever. But this is what I'm talking about. Week eight to 12. 22.4% target share, 14.2 points per game, uh, expected points per game, wide receiver 21 usage. His actual points per game, though, 11 points per game as the wide receiver 41. So this target share, this usage hasn't panned out 
in the form of spike weeks. But we know regression is coming. And with a guy like Gabe Davis, all he needs is like three catches to give you like 100 yards and a touchdown on a day. So if he's going to go from like a 12 to 15% target share to a 20 to like 22% target share, you're going to have a lot more, you know, lottery tickets to scratch off at those like one catch or 60 yards and a touchdown. So if he's getting the ball more, he has more opportunity to bust plays loose like that, which is a great thing. Now, if we look at before that, he was breaking plays loose without the volume. 12.4% target share, 9.3 expected points per game as the wide receiver 61. Despite that, he was above and beyond as the wide receiver 16 in actual points per game at 15.3. So I think that we're kind of on a collision course here where the volume is there. The points are coming. You can still buy him low. He hasn't really performed a ton. He's coming off a quiet day with five catches for 68 yards, but he did have seven targets, which is big for Gabe Davis. So you can buy him a little bit cheap here. He also gets Detroit this week, who is allowing the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. They just let Wondell Robinson finish as a top 12 guy. They let Darius Slayton finish as a top 24 guy. Gabe Davis is much better than those. I think that he is in store for a big game here sooner. And again, because he hasn't really had one of those huge uh, trademark Gabe Davis spike weeks in a little bit here. I think you can buy him on the cheap. Now, again, these trade tar- these trade charts are flawed. I know they're flawed, but if your league looks anything like this, I think this is a good value range for Gabe Davis. I think I would swap Juju straight up for him, uh, Pittman, Devonta straight up. Uh, I would swap any non-running, non-Fournette or Swift running back on this list. So, uh, Gibson, Patterson, Zeke. Uh, Gibson, Patterson is a little bit tough, but I think Zeke, Singletary, Carter, White, Pacheco very easily for Gabe Davis. If you could do something where you just grab Pacheco or you just grab Rashad White off waivers and you don't really need a running back anyways, uh, and he's not going to get into your starting lineup right away, if you can use a Rashad White or a Pacheco and maybe, you know, bundle that up with another piece that's like a little bit lower end, like a Donovan Peoples-Jones or... Not like a Jacoby Myers, but, you know, something that's on that lower end of just a piece plus like Pacheco or Rashad White and go and get yourself a nice Gabe Davis. I think Latavius Murray's in that conversation as well. Now, our next buy target here is Antonio Gibson. And similar vibe here to Gabe Davis where the points haven't come yet, but the usage has been great. And that's really all we're chasing here. He's at just 10.8 points per game as the RB27 since J.D. McKissick got hurt and has been playing games, he was sent to the IR. He's essentially out for the year. But the role has been solid in McKissick's absence. Antonio Gibson has been the primary pass catching back, mixing in between the tackles. Like, if you told me this right here was going to be his usage in 2022, I would have been all over Gibson in hindsight. 68% of the snaps, perfect. 70-30 split is really all we could ask for. About half of the rush attempts... 69% of the routes is really, really good. 60% plus is that like Kamara, Aaron Jones, Eckler area. 14% target share is great. 100% of the long down and distance snaps. 100% of the two-minute drill snaps. All amazing. He's playing in the pass-catching phases. He is mixing in between the tackles. This is everything we wanted. Against the Texans, he had 18 carries. He had three targets, 21 opportunities, only 13.3 points. The roll is juicy. The points are coming. He's playing Atlanta this week in what should be a pretty light matchup versus a defense that's allowing the 11th most adjusted fantasy points to running backs. Gibson's in a spot here where I'm not sure he's going to torch Atlanta, but he's in a spot for a little bit of a nice bounce back. And the role is enough to just keep him as a very firm RB2 rest of season for me. So if I could do 
sort of like we talked about earlier, again, if you're in a spot where you don't need running back points right now, I think that there are a lot of running backs out there that are pretty movable. Uh, and if they're not going right into your lineup, I think that you would be at a better spot to either get a running back that would go into your lineup like a Gibson or get a wide receiver that would go into your lineup like a Gabe Davis. I think you could do uh, like a Kenyon Drake, a Latavius Murray, maybe pair that with like a low-end wide receiver like a Brandon Cooks. And maybe that gets you into the Antonio Gibson conversation. Now, let's also talk about our fourth buy. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I don't mind Alan Lazard as a buy here. I really don't. Um, and I've given Alan Lazard a lot of, maybe not a lot of hate, but a lot of flack in the past as an option that I wasn't really trying to draft, an option that I thought you should sell early on in the season. But I don't think that he's terrible as like a really nice cheap wide receiver that you can flex through the playoffs that has nice spike week potential. He's been somebody that I think is getting really overshadowed by Christian Watson, which gives which gives us an opportunity to buy here when everyone's like, oh, Christian Watson, number one wide receiver. He's going to be taking all the targets. He's going to be scoring all the points. Alan Lazard is getting sort of just thrown to the wayside here. And that's not really what is happening in terms of the game plan. Alan Lazard, since week eight, is the wide receiver eight in expected points per game but is the wide receiver 35 in points per game. He's underperforming that by minus 4.2, but 16.5 expected points per game is no joke. That's what Amon Ra has been at. That's what Mike Evans has been at. Really not too far off of CeeDee Lamb. It's right around like DK Metcalf, Christian Kirk area. The points just haven't been there, but the volume has. And again, I think because of this rise of Christian Watson, people are going to overlook the volume. They're going to say Alan Zarr hasn't been producing a ton. He's no longer the wide receiver one there. And I don't really get caught up in who's the wide receiver one, who's the wide receiver two, but... Alan Lazard, he had five catches for 57 yards versus Tennessee. He was overshadowed by another Christian Watson blow-up game, but he had 11 targets to Christian Watson's six targets on that Thursday night game. He is getting a ton of volume still. I think he's the perfect way to play this passing game because the hype's all around Christian Watson. Christian Watson also, as much as I have enjoyed the breakout and have him on a ton of teams, he hasn't been able to stay healthy for more than like two, three games this year. He keeps on getting concussions. He keeps getting pulled out of games. Who knows how long he's going to last? I'm not saying that he's going to get hurt. I'm just saying that he has been fragile this year. And on top of that, Alan Lazard has been out targeting him. So I like the idea of taking Alan Lazard here. And they have the easiest playoff schedule among all wide receivers as well. They play the Rams, the Dolphins, the Vikings, who are allowing the 9th, 15th, and 6th most fantasy points to wide receivers. So you have a really nice buy low opportunity here for a spike week wide receiver. Maybe he doesn't slot right into your lineup, but we're going to have injuries and some late bye weeks like week 14. It's really nice to have a guy like Alan Lazard that you can just slip into, whether that's like a three wide receiver one flex league or a two wide receiver two flex league. You put him there on the bottom and maybe you catch a spike week out of him because he is somebody that can give you, you know, like four for 75 and a touchdown. Uh, he is in just a really low value range here as well. Like you can, again, these are pretty hit or miss, these trade value charts, but I would pretty easily sell a Kareem Hunt, a Latavius Murray, a James Robinson, a Brian Robinson, all for Lazard. I think I would probably sell Darnell Mooney for Lazard. I know that wide receiver to wide receiver is pretty rare. Um, I would think about it with Pickens as well. But that's just where my head's at on kind of the Green Bay passing game and the hype of Christian Watson. Because I know I've gotten a lot of questions, should I sell Christian Watson? I got to be honest, he is drawing so live to be that rookie wide receiver that you know, wins league this year or wins leagues this year, then unless if you unless if you are in a dire spot uh, where you're scrambling for starters or depth or anything, I would probably just hold on to Christian Watson, ride it out, 
uh, he has such big spike week potential that he could just be that league winner down the stretch and just give you monster, monster weeks when you need them most. I wouldn't want to miss out on the upside. Uh, I agree that it is a high risk, high reward where he could just flame out. He could sustain like another weird head injury or pull something, leaves the game and then never really recaptures this magic he's had the last two weeks. But I think you probably just have to ride it out at this point. Because I don't think anyone's going to sell. Like, I don't think anyone's going to give you something mind-blowing for Christian Watson at this point. Now, our last player we'll talk about here is Alvin Kamara as a sell candidate. And this one is tough. He The, the reason here is that he's still valued as a top 12 running back in most places, but he has been not very good recently. He's been the RB31 in points per game over his last three it's not even a thing where it's like the volume has been there and the points haven't been there. He's the RB30 in expected points per game over that span. He gets two really tough rush defenses in his next two weeks with Sam Fran and Tampa Bay. You also have the idea that Jameis Winston could come back soon, which doesn't bode well for Kamara. If we look at uh, splits from earlier on in the season, Kamara in two games with Jameis Winston this year does a 15.3% target share and a 7.5 point per game. Jameis is going to want to push the ball downfield. It's not good for Kamara. There's a lot of things going against Kamara right now. And if I could get out from underneath him and, you know, cash out at like top 12 running back prices, I think that that would be the move. Because I'm looking here at like trade value charts. Kamara over Kenneth Walker is crazy to me. Um, I would even take Josh Jacobs over Kamara. I think I would take Mixon over Kamara if that concussion isn't too, too bad. Um, the rest of the running backs, probably not. But like literally, if I could move Kamara into cd lamb or amon ross st brown i would do that as well if i could do it for kelsey i would if i could do it for uh mark andrews i would uh i think t higgins gets pretty close there i think jamar chase is interesting if you could do kamara for jamar chase and maybe like the smallest of small pieces but yeah uh, if, if i could move out of him at like top 12 running back prices i would it's just the writing is kind of on the roll the wall right now he's not producing well the situation's only going to get worse um they're bringing in more weapons like Jarvis is getting healthy. Jawan Johnson's becoming a part of this passing game. It's just the, the offense is scoring points and it's not centered around Kamara anymore. Like they're not playing through Kamara. They're not scoring through Kamara. So that's really the tough, the tough spot here. Now, do I think that like he's dead? No, he's going to have a spike week. So probably, I mean, he might have like a three touchdown game in the next few weeks. He might win people weeks down the line. Um, but if again, if I could just get out of him, for RB12 prices or top 12 prices, I would. If you can't, I wouldn't panic sell. Again, he is Alvin Kamara. He's going to have his weeks where he puts up, you know, like eight catches, uh, like 115 total yards and like three touchdowns, and he gives you like 30 points. He will do that probably once or twice before the season is done. Um, but again, if I could get out of there for somebody a little bit more stable, for somebody a little bit more promising down the stretch, I would. Now, that's going to do it for us today. As always, if you want access to my rest of season rankings, those will be on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. Uh, as soon as I hit record or as soon as I hit stop recording on this and I upload it to YouTube, I will be working on those. I'll be working on the week uh, 12 rankings as well. So you guys can get those before you have to set lineups on Thanksgiving. As always, if you made it this far, I appreciate you guys. And I will see you in the next one. I got the juice, I got the juice Channel, chat on zone Foolies glad I'm on Even my haters kinda glad I'm on Rest in peace to my vagabond Rapper song, singer Suspended subpoena from misdemeanor